It's really good to be back. Amen. I'm going to uh, I'm going to preach. I haven't preached for a long time. Been slacking off. Not doing much of anything. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test and know my anxious thoughts. I love that verse. It doesn't say know my good thoughts or know my thoughts my okay thoughts, my thoughtful thoughts, my planned thoughts. It cuts straight to the point. Know my anxious thoughts, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Father, we pray that your word would speak to our hearts today, that we would be refreshed, that we would have a moment in your presence and that we would never be the same again. Amen. This is the last of our summer series, and I've titled this message, Surprised. Everybody say, Surprised. Boo! It's not much of a surprise, that one. Who here hates surprises? (laughs) The worst thing you can do to me is give me a surprise present. You know, because then I calculate what the present you spent was worth and I think, that was a bad allocation of resources. This could have gone to this or to this or to this. I I don't like surprises. Who here loves surprises? You, you, You just, you can't wait to just, you get a box and you don't know what it is and you open it up. When our children were born, we decided to not know if they were a boy or girl. That was so nerve wracking. But I knew I wanted a genuine surprise. And what more of a surprise can you get when... Didn't quite go like that sound, but... (laughs) What what, what more of a surprise? Oh, it's a girl. Oh, and tears and crying and all sorts of cutting umbilical cords. Surprises. I don't like surprises. Discovering new things. Discovering things that you never even thought about. Learning about things that you didn't think you even cared about. This is what I'm getting to when I'm talking about being surprised. Being away on our family holiday, I found myself more and more enjoying being surprised in this way. It's not my natural, normal way. Surprised. Surprised in the everyday, little, common, simple things. The things that were different for us, I found myself being surprised. It seemed that travelling somewhere else, going somewhere else, was a catalyst that allowed me or opened me up to be surprised. But it wasn't the thing that allowed me to be surprised. I really think it was my attitude. It was my openness, my willingness, my sense of expectation, my sense of hope that, that as each day went by, I began to wake up and go, what am I going to discover today? What's going to surprise me today? And in America, there are lots of things to surprise you. The underlying driver of surprise was attitude, was me, my frame of mind. The holidays and going somewhere forced me out of my engineered state, my planned state, my list state. My ordered state. Yet it was 
in America that I really found those normal ordered things so surprising. Just going to a supermarket in America. Watching a drive through bank. I mean, can't these people get out of their cars? Going on their roads and just remembering to stay to the right. They have fire hydrants everywhere and they're in yellow. I just love looking at fire hydrants. I think I came back different. Something happened to me. I want to express this in some practical terms. Can I show you some pictures? I apologise if this bores you. It won't be a half an hour slideshow, I promise. We've all endured that. This is a urinal. Now, I will let Josh go into the details, but this surprised me because the urinal had a TV screen out. I thought pretty cool. But as I commenced, it became an interactive game. I will let Josh explain the rest to you at some stage. This surprised me. This really surprised me. And then every time I went to a toilet or a restroom, I was looking for the interactive screen and game and not sure what to expect in a toilet. I was surprised. That surprised me. I was surprised by rock formations. Archers National Park. I don't care about rock formations, whether they're igneous or sedimentary or metamorphic. I don't care, but I found myself going, wow. I found myself looking at the little trees that are growing in the most awkward places. How did that tree get into that spot? I found myself looking at the tiniest little animals. I found myself going, there's no flies. I found myself going, there's no mosquitoes. I was surprised. I, I went to, we went to a Charlie Brown museum. Uh, Beck was in the RV rearranging things and it was my turn to go with the kids. I kind of went out of obedience. I kind of surrendered to my wife. Anyone understand that? Surrender moment. I surrendered and I went in there and my my attitude was, I guess this is just another museum. But I I found myself as I went in there and I, I learned about the Charlie Brown story. I just loved it. It was one of the highlights of the trip for me. Just learning about Charlie Brown, the characters... The person who, who, who was, just, just the whole thing. I was fascinated. It was one, I was surprised. I was surprised by a swing on a beach. I thought, what a great idea. Why don't we have that in Australia? That's a brilliant idea. That is such a simple idea. I found myself going into Tombstone. Now, I'm not a cowboy guy, Okay. I don't watch cowboy movies, I'm not a cowboy guy, but I do love one particular movie called Tombstone. I love Doc Holliday. I love that guy. And Wyatt Earp and the whole story. And on the map I saw Tombstone and I thought, could that be the tombstone that the movie's about? It was out of our way and I was humming and harring, should we go, shouldn't we go? And so I thought, no, we shouldn't go because it doesn't make any sense. So once I got past that, we thought, let's just go anyway. It was the best. I got photos of me standing there where the OK Corral was and Doc Holiday was, and it was all set up for tourists. We were at night time because, you know, we didn't organise it fully. It was just wonderful. I was really surprised how much I enjoyed it. I was surprised. I went to another church, a 
to several other churches. But I was surprised how hard it is when you have a preconceived idea of what a service looks like and then when you go to someone else's service and it's not how you're used to. I was surprised how hard it was to worship God. I'm used to doing it my way. It's almost like worship in churches for me. And going to another church was like, oh, actually, no, it's not for me. It's for the Lord. I'm blessed in the process. I'm moved and touched in the process. I was surprised by that. I'm supposed to be super pastor guy. I was surprised. I was surprised by these guy shed shops. The hunting and, and fishing and man cave places. Uh, I went into, the, it's like a Bunnings, but for guys. We, we spent two hours in there. Now, you have to understand that as a family, we don't do shopping. Okay, I'll be honest. We are not shoppers. Something happened to us in America. <laughs> something happened to me in America. So, something that's not all good, I don't think. But I just spent hours just looking. They, 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 it is done like a museum, like a hotel, and you buy stuff there. It's a shop. It was inc- I was so surprised by how much I loved it. I was surprised. I was surprised by this plant called an agave. We went to the Desert Education Centre. Why would you go there? We just went to visitor centres, is what you do when you're travelling. And this lady there kind of got engaged with us and she was so passionate she kind of forced us outside to the education space and and you know Australians we're just kind of being polite ready to go oh okay she's really keen we better go out with her so we went out and she began just talking about all of the flora and the fauna of the desert and and she was sharing about this plant called an agave which lives roughly for 20 years and it spends its whole life storing up resources so that in the final year of its life it shoots up this huge kind of flower so that it can reproduce. It might go for about six weeks and then it dies and makes room for all these little plants that are shooting up all around it. Incredible, I had no idea. Cactuses that if you get in there they really get in there and other cactuses if they get in there it doesn't matter. I just thought it was a cactus I was so surprised. I was just, I was surprised. I was surprised by my family going on roller coasters where it's the world's longest this and the world's largest that and the world's highest this. I was surprised my wife went on the roller coasters. I was not surprised that I didn't get on some. (laughs) I'll admit I had to do the walk of shame on one ride. You know, when you go up there and you get in and then you got to get out. You can join the dots there. But I got on some rides. I was surprised watching my kids and my family go on these rides for 11 hours straight. That's insane. And then the Grand Canyon. It's just a hole in the ground. It's just a hole. (laughs) We could get some shovels and do something in the block. We could get the job done today, I reckon. It's just a hole in the ground. But I found myself being surprised by by its beauty. And we did a little walk and... uh. The walk took us to a place called the Hermit's Rest, which re- straight away got my attention. And then on a pillar at Hermit's Rest, there was this verse, Psalm 68 and verse 4. 
Sing praises to God and to His name. Sing loud praises to Him who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice in His presence. Psalm 68 verse 4. I just wonder if Hermit, I'm going to just call him Hermit, if Hermit rocked up to this place and just went, and was so surprised and just had this moment where this psalm came into his heart. The psalm actually starts with, may God arise, may his enemies be scattered, may his foes flee before him, may you blow them away like smoke, as wax melts before fire, may the wicked perish before God, but may the righteous be glad and rejoice before God, may they be happy and joyful, sing praises to God, and to His name. Sing loud praises to Him, He rides the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice in His presence. Can you hear the surprise in the psalm? Can you hear the, 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 the surprise and, and the awe and the, wow, my God rides the clouds. My God rides the clouds. This is, this is amazing, but my God rides the clouds. My God melts the enemies like wax. My God is so much more. And as I, as I read this psalm, I, I, I began thinking about the maker and not just what was made. But it really became apparent to me when we went to the Air Force Academy and we saw this really odd structure. It's called the Cadet Chapel. And this Cadet Chapel is where the Air Force students gather to have a service or get married or all sorts of things. Now, in my head, I was heading to the 4th Infantry Division Museum. I love military history. I, I, I was going there. I had a look at this structure. I thought, I don't want to go in there. But Beck and the kids went in there. I'm ready to head back to the car and head off to the 4th Infantry Division. The 4th Infantry. I want to see the 4th Infantry Division. I thought, ah, oh. Beck said, come on, come in, come on, go. All right. So I, I surrendered. I surrendered. And I walked in there. And I saw this. It was the most amazing space. The contrast from where I was on the outside to where I was on the inside was just incredible. And linking all the surprise that I had on my trip with this moment, I realised that the genius of my surprise was actually linked to another thing, which is called surrender. It was in my surrender where I found proper surprise, genuine surprise, real surprise, surprise that really went, wow. It was when I surrendered my own ideas and notions and sense of time and priority. It was when I surrendered what I thought I wanted to see. I mean, I went to the 4th Infantry Division. It was brilliant, but I wasn't surprised. I knew what I was going to see. I, I, I had a sense of what was going to happen. I wasn't surprised by any of that. It was great. I wanted to see it and I saw it. But I was surprised by the things that I surrendered to. For me, surrender and surprise kind of came together. This, this chapel was incredible. It had this, just this beautiful atmosphere inside it. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. The question I was asking myself is, I'm so surprised by all these things. When was the last time you were surprised by God Himself? 
When was the last time you allowed your heart to be surprised by Him? I surrendered to seeing all these things and, and doing all these things, but when was the last time I surrendered to just Him, God? Being surprised in God, it should surprise us to some degree that God is for us. Shouldn't that surprise us? I mean, sometimes I'm not even for me. But God is for me. God is for you. God is for us. That should surprise us. That should capture us. That that should affect us. Psalm 139 has a key. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and leads me along the path of everlasting life. That is a courageous statement. How many people have you actually said something like that to? You've actually gone to someone and I can just imagine, you know, Jim going towards Carol. Carol, love you, babe. Is there anything in me that offends you? (laughs) Carol's going to run through the list after the service. I mean, can you just imagine Lynn and John Foley sitting at Christmas and John says, Lynn, is there anything that offends you in me? I mean, this is, this is a courageous statement. It's a, it's a hugely courageous statement. It requires a proactive surrender. To live as surprised in God means that requires something of surrender to God. And the posture of surrender is everything. The posture of surrender is everything. Our thinking, our attitude, our mind, it all matters. But what underpins that is not us. What underpins that is God Himself. Psalm 139 should inspire us to reach this point. Let's just have a look at Psalm 139. You can follow through in your your Bible. But Psalm 139 has a has a statement in here. It says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. What does it mean? What does that mean? Well, it means that God knows you to the point where He knows when you've sat down and He knows when you've stood up. I don't know when Beck stands up or sits down. God knows your thoughts. He knows what you're thinking right now in that place where where you know no one else can know, God knows those things. God even knows when you're traveling. God knows when you traveled here to church. God knows when you're traveling to work and to school. God knows when you, when you just got through that yellow light and you just got over the line. God, God knows when you're at home resting. God knows when you got the feet up on Boxing Day watching the opening bowl. God, God knows when you're just chilling out with the air conditioner on and a can of Pepsi Max and some chocolate. That's pretty close to home. God knows what you're going to say before you say it. You ever have those moments when you're with someone and you almost say the same thing at the same time and then you say that thing called snap? I don't know what snap has to do with it, but that's what you say. Or, you know, someone who you're really close with, a friend or a spouse, and you go to say the same thing or you think the same thing. And you just have that moment of, oh man... We are so close friends. 
God knows what you're going to say before you say it. Now, I know that not everything I say is good, and God knows it. God knows it. Doesn't that surprise you? Does that surprise you? There's an, another phrase in, out of this psalm. It says that you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing upon my head. What does this mean? Well, some of the meaning of this is just too much for us to even handle. It's too wonderful for us to understand. It's too great for us to really take into our heads. But if we had to try... We couldn't do it in a way where we turn it into a formula or we compute it or we categorize it. It's something beyond our own understanding and our own categories. To know what it is for God to go before us and to follow us, to know what it is to have the blessing of God upon us. We can't turn that into a formula or something which we go, tick, I'm now eligible for the blessing of God. It doesn't work like that. It's too wonderful for us. It just simply means that we can never escape His presence. We can't escape His Spirit. There's no place we can go that we can leave His presence. If we go into the unseen, God is there. If we go into the seen, God is there. His hand and His strength are there with us. Even if we go into the darkness, we can't escape Him because His light is there. There is nowhere where we can hide. And sometimes, you know how you, you get a bit of ashamed and you have a bit of a failure and you just want to kind of hide? You, you know, just even in yourself, not maybe under a blanket, but just in yourself, in your, in your own spirit, in your own, you just want to kind of hide away, you know you've messed up. You can't even hide there. God has come and found you. God is, God is everywhere. Light and dark are the same to Him. There is no place to hide from Him. Doesn't that surprise you? I mean, the psalmist goes on and says that you've made the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. What does this mean? I mean, doctors have studied for years and years. Sarah is studying like nuts right now. Her brain is growing this big every day. And they've been studying this for hundreds of years. And we still know that much. Yet God is the one who who made the most delicate inner bits. God is the one who has made us so complex and so marvellous and so incredible. He was watching over you when you were formed. When when Anna was born, or should I say, when we thought Anna might be conceived, I went to the chemist and bought some birth control kits. There was like a, a cheap bin and it was markdowns, and these birth control, not birth, what are they called? Birth tests, pregnancy tests. These, sorry. You don't want me as a doctor? See Sarah over there. Sarah's, Sarah's the one for you, not for me. Um, so pregnancy tests, pregnancy tests, pregnancy tests. It was a cheap bin, and, and I went to the cheap bin, and I thought, that's a bargain, half price. So I took those cheap pregnancy tests home, and Beck was feeling a bit funny, and Maybe I'm pregnant. Nah, 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 nah. Anyway, we did the pregnancy test and it came back clear, as in, like, not pregnant. So we thought, sweet. But the problem was, the pregnancy test, the reason why it was in the cheap bin was because it wasn't working properly. So then when Beck was doubly sure and, 
And in spite of me saying, we've already checked it, don't worry about it, you'll be fine, you'll be fine, just a bad stomach. She finally went and brought a full price one and it came back and said, Beck was pregnant with Anna. I mean, Anna was in the dark, in total seclusion. We had no idea she was there. I mean, Beck had some idea, maybe. No, no, no one knew anything about what was going on there. No one had any idea. God knew about Anna before me, before Beck. God knew exactly what was going on in that dark place. Whatever dark place you've ever been in, God knows what's going on in that dark place, in that dark moment. Whatever dark place you're in even now, God knows. No one else might know. You might think no one understands or no one knows. God knows. God knows. God knows how your inner and delicate bits are hurting. God knows how those inner and delicate bits are, are, are struggling. He knows. God knows. God's watching over us. And it hasn't stopped there. He's watched every moment since. In fact, God's like got a YouTube playlist of your life. They didn't have YouTube when the Bible was written, so they just called it a book. But if the Bible was written today, it would be a YouTube playlist. Your life, God has that about you. Your entire life, every moment is recorded by Him. Does that surprise you? How precious are your thoughts? God's watching you. God's thinking about you. He's thinking about you so much that, that even the grains of sand can't equate to how much God is thinking about you. Have you ever had a phone call? Hey, I'm just calling to say I'm thinking about you. How does it make you feel? Wow, thank you so much. That's, wow. Imagine someone just came and dumped the entire sand of the earth on your front doorstep. Said, this is how much I'm thinking about you. God's thinking about you. God's thinking about, even when you're busy and you're sleeping and you're doing other things, God is thinking about you. Does that surprise you? Only if you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. God is thinking about us even when we're troubled. God is thinking about us even when we feel like we're up to our neck in water and we haven't got much else to go and we're running out of strength to keep just treading. It, it's, it feels like it's almost done. God, God, God's not afraid. God wants to hear your anxious thoughts. God wants to hear your worries. God wants to know your concerns. It's okay to hate what God hates. To be salt and light means we should hate some things. We should despise some things. We should be pushing away from some things. There are some things that we should be running away from as fast as we can. Does this, does this surprise you? Search my heart. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. A genuine, willing, authentic desire to be surprised by God requires our surrender. The beautiful thing about this psalm is it begins with what? God, you know my heart. So we're only praying what God already knows anyway. It's always God first and us second. But it's still a courageous prayer, would you agree? It's a courageous thought. In just a moment, we're going to close with some time for us to respond. We're going to have some time to say those words, search me, O God, 
We're going to show a video clip that's got some music. And I just want you to respond as, as you feel to respond. Maybe you can just remain with your eyes closed in prayer. Lord, search me. Maybe, maybe you can open just your Bible and just read the psalm over again as the music plays. Maybe you can just watch the scriptures that will be shown on the video and just ask God to speak to you. Maybe, maybe you want to go to someone and say, hey, can, can we pray about something just now? I want you to be able to respond how you feel this morning. I want you to be surprised by God. I want you to be surprised through surrender to Him. Because at the end of the day, whatever it is, the cry of our heart is really one of surrender anyway. Lord, search my heart. Lord, know my heart. Lord, know know me. Please, search me. Know me. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Surprise through surrender. We should be a people of praise and rejoicing. Sing praises to God and to His name. Sing loud praises to Him who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice in His presence. At the end of the video clip, um, welcome to join us out the back for some morning tea. But the music will continue for another five minutes or so. So if you want to just remain where you are, just have some more time with the Lord. With those who are heading out, just please respectfully do so. And just allow people time to really respond today. Say, Lord, search my heart. God bless you and have a great week.